Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. This is Prayer International. Um, our call in number is 619-638-8458. I'm your co-host, Sean Holmberg. We'll be joined um, in about an hour by Christopher Herzog. Um, if you need prayer for something, give us a call. We have a chat room open at blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. If you can't make it to a telephone, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. So, um, welcome once again to all our um, regular listeners and then any guests that are out there listening, whether you're listening live or through the archives. Um, So, let's start off and pray. Father, we trust you in everything, Lord. Father, knowing your word declares that a man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Father, so we commit these next two hours to you, Lord. Jesus, that you would be glorified in everything that is said. Father, every word that is spoken, Father, I ask, Lord, that if it doesn't come from you, Father, it would fall to the ground and die, Lord. But every word that comes from you, Father that it would produce seed, it would produce fruit in the hearts and in the lives of those who are listening, Father. Your word declares that the words that go from your mouth will not return to your will not return to you void, but will accomplish that for which you sent them, Father. So Lord, we ask tonight that you would reach out and touch every person listening, Father, whatever their need is, Father, whatever need they have, Father, you already know it, Lord. So, Father, we ask for you to confirm your word with signs and wonders, Father, with deliverance and healing, Father, with restorations, Father, and marriages, Jesus, that your name would be glorified in our midst. Holy Spirit, we give you complete and total control over this broadcast. And we ask, Jesus, that your will would be done tonight. So, um... It's interesting. Um, sometime earlier today, a singer named Amy Winehouse died, um, which many people probably don't know who that is. Um, but if you're in the United States or London, um, she was sort of famous, um, not always for good reasons. She had a lot of issues with drugs and alcohol, and probably by no means do we know that she was a believer. Um but off and on, we'll hear about famous people who die, and um, there's it's always all over the news. But yet, what the news doesn't report, and then yesterday, or this morning, I believe it was yesterday, um, there was an explosion in Norway, and close to over 90 people were killed. And then um, there was a shooting at a youth camp in Norway, and, and like... I don't know how many people are actually dead. Um, Father, Lord, we ask in your name, Father, you would comfort the hearts and the lives of every family member, of every person who was killed in Norway, Lord. Father, that you would bring peace and comfort to them, Father. Lord, that you would heal the wounds of their hearts, Father. So, um, but as always, um, the 
Bible says every man is appointed once to die, and after that, the judgment. Um, and I guess um, the whole thought of passing from death to life really depends on what side of the aisle you're standing. Um, if you're someone who is an atheist or agnostic and you don't really know what's going to happen to you um, after you die, then either you don't care or you really don't know, um, which can be a scary thought, um, especially toward those time periods or when that actually happens. Because um, you really don't know. You have loved ones who may or may or may not have been saved, didn't know where they didn't know where they were going and you have no clue what happens to them. Um but you know, um if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the assurance of your salvation, the assurance of faith of eternal life through him. Um the Bible says by grace we are saved through faith. That it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, the Bible declares that Jesus once for all died for our sins and has given us access and a, to a restored relationship with the Father. Um, fruit of that being eternal life in heaven. So, anyway, I'm going to read a little bit out of First um, Corinthians tonight, and we'll just see what God does with this. So this is First um, Corinthians um, chapter 15. More other brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you were saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he being, was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain at the, to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. And you know, what Paul's saying is, um, if you know the story of Paul, is that he, at one point, was a Pharisee, um, charged with seeking out the um, followers of Jesus after his death and resurrection. And then Jesus confronted him on a road, and he was, to, and then he um, gave his life over to Jesus and began to serve him. And Paul said, when he said, but it was by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, a lot of people um, look back on the past part of their lives and they 
and they take a measurement of their past actions as an indication of their future progress in the Lord, which is completely against what the Word of God declares. Um, the Bible says if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Father has predestined us and called us and declared through his word that he has had a plan for our lives, for your lives, um, before you were even born. And that his Holy Spirit is continually actively working in the hearts of men and women, first off, to bring them to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then after that to fulfill as well. Um, working in them to do those things that are pleasing to the Lord. And there is a transformation process that happens in the hearts and the lives of those people who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so a majority of the work is not based on what you could possibly do. But just as we trust him with our salvation, we also trust him with our path, with our righteousness, we trust him with everything. Um, if we couldn't deliver ourselves, we can't save ourselves, then we can never make ourselves righteous. Um, but we trust in him for our righteousness. And in the process of trusting himself for our righteousness through the word, through his presence, um, we become regenerated. Um, the Bible says, it talks about the renewing of your mind by the word of God. And Jesus said, you are clean because of the words I spoke over, I spoke to you and spoke over you. And so Paul's um, referring to the fact that he is what he is because God decided that's who he was going to be. And it was the grace of God working through Paul to accomplish those things which God had already predestined for Paul to do in his life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, um, I believe it's 2.10, it says, We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And then it says in verse 12 Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. It's funny, um, most people don't realize how integral, integral, um, important the resurrection of Christ Jesus was, the de declaration that not even death could hold him, um, the resurrection of his life. <clears throat> this is in verse 15. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, referring to Adam, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the first, 
afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he will deliver the kingdom to God, the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy that he will destroy is death. For he has put, in, put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is exempted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the sin himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So even though the Son, God has put everything under the Son, at the very end even the Son will submit to the Father as always. Verse 29, Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead do not rise at all, why then are they baptized for the dead? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me? If the dead do not rise, let us eat, let us eat drink, and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness, and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive until it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but merely grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives to each. Our God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, and it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, and it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam, being Christ, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterwards the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are, who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say then, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we should all be changed. You know, and I stop there for a second. Um, you know, sowing and reaping, um, which this chapter talked about a lot, um, 
And just to elaborate on that a little bit, um, which I think we'll have time to do, um, you know, things that we, the Bible says, what you sow, you shall reap. If you sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you reap of the spirit. Um, even um, salvation itself is a product of sowing and reaping. Um, Jesus sowed his own life in obedience, and the fruit of his obedience was eternal life for us. And, you know, even with our dreams and our visions, you know, we we sometimes sow them and expect them to immediately sprout, expecting to know exactly what they're going to look like. But, you know, we sow things, and the things that you sow almost never, pretty much ever, um, are harvested and they never um, produce in the same image that they were. Um, I was looking at a um, documentary on a butterfly, which is probably a perfect example of our spiritual walk and our walk with Christ Jesus and um, the resurrection from the life. You know, um, Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And, um, Nicodemus said, how is that even possible? Can a man enter his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, if I tell you earthly things and you don't understand, how will you understand if I tell you heavenly things? But, you know, if you take a caterpillar, a caterpillar um, which has one glory in their respect, and it goes through a transformation process where the old shell, the old image of this being dies, and is transformed. And, you know, um, this um, documentary I was watching pretty much explained it like this, that in the um, process of this um, caterpillar, knowing that it has to be transformed into a butterfly, it um, develops into a, it develops a cocoon around it, and which it rests until um, it's transformed. But during the transformation process, um, its actual structural body um, that the caterpillar used to um, have is completely gone. Um, someone once said that you could go and you could squish a cocoon, and it would be mostly liquid that would come out, which sounds pretty gross. But what it's meaning is that there is a DNA um, – I don't know how to explain it um, – there's actually a transformation even in the caterpillar's DNA in the caterpillar's um, body itself that its old body is done away with and through the ashes of this old body a new creature is formed which would seem completely different than the old creature even though it actually is the same. Um, so we too as born again Christians, as born in and believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, having our old man being considered dead and being raised in the newness of life. Like it says, old things have passed away, behold, all things have come new. We may not appear to be the same as we were in the past, but we've been transformed and recreated and into a new creation, completely unlike the old. Um, and the difference is night and day. And you could look at someone and as they were and as they are now, it would almost be like a completely different person. But, you know, even our, our dreams and visions are like that. Sometimes 
the things that we believe God's going to do and the things that we want in our lives, they have to, in some ways, die and go through a transformation process so they can re- be reborn, so they can bring forth fruit, um, something more glorious than the things that we planted. You know, um, the Bible says that he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And so we sow to him um, our dreams, our ambitions, our desires, um, our obedience, our lives, everything about us. Um, and the fruit of that, from what is sown, is never exactly what was sown. It was always something far greater. Um, you can't ever be obedient to the Lord and receive the exact same thing you sowed. There's always an increase um, and the things that God does. Um, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. You know, sometimes um, our problem is that we think too small of the Lord. We think too small of the things that he can do and the things that he will do. Um, we get a small little dream or a small little vision about what the Lord's going to do, and we have some, and we think we have an idea of how He's going to do it, when He's going to do it, what the picture is going to look like. But just like a caterpillar that that goes through a transformation process, what the Lord usually does is take what we have and what we sow to Him, and through our obedience, through our sacrifice to Him, um, giving ourselves over as living sacrifices to him. And he transforms that into something that's ten times better, I mean a hundred times um, better than the things that we thought they ever could be. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number is 619-638-8458. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain And if you are Yeah. 
throne of God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. Father, we come standing before that great white throne. The throne that's been established from eternity. The throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance. The angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere. The river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. of divine encounter. We want to be lost. 
raging lover, consumed with flaming fire.
our inheritance. Oh God, to stand before the great white throne, to be lost in the river of holy fire, holy romance. around your throne, O oh God. The place of an abandoned life, standing before the throne forever and ever.
acceptance that Christ is king. So praise God. If you want to call in, 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host till about the 12 o'clock hour. We're broadcasting out of Dallas for Central Time and just hanging out, praising Jesus at the house tonight, me and my wife, and uh, just listening to a little Sean Fetz over here and just giving God praise, giving God thanks. So if you want to email us, you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. The website, www.prayerinternational.org. Praise God. Hey, let's pray. Want to take some time to honor the Lord with the first fruits of this second half of the broadcast. But Father, right now, Lord, we just come before you. We just ask, Lord, that your name would be hallowed. Your name would be praised. You're worth it all, Lord. We just thank you for who you are and for what you've done sending Jesus, sending your son. Father, we just thank you for the blood of Jesus right now that speaks for our salvation, speaks for our deliverance and our freedom. Father, it's our provision. It's everything. It's our source. We just thank you, Lord. We acknowledge you as our source today. Father, we speak for every man, woman, child that's listening. Father, we declare, Father, your will being done, your kingdom coming over their lives. Father, fill them with the fullness of God. Open their eyes and allow them to have your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding, Lord. Cover them with your glory. Cover your people. As you're declaring loud, Father, as you're singing over your people tonight, we just rejoice with you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Father, we just thank you that you're a healer. We ask, Lord Jesus, if you would touch every person right now, if you're sick in your body, just put your hand on that part of your body. If you've listened before, you know the routine. Put your hand on that part of the body you're sick, or if you're standing in the gap for somebody right now, we want to agree with you in Jesus' name. You know the Bible says there's power in agreement. We want to agree with you in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare that by your stripes, there's healing. There's healing in the cross. There's healing in the blood. There's healing in your name. And we declare in the name of Jesus, we command sickness to go. We command dis-ease to flee. That every infirmity, every disease, every bacteria, we just command it to go in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father God, that your word is healing. Your word is health. You're speaking, Lord God, wholeness, prospering us in our souls, prospering in our bodies, being in good health. You said you wish that above all. So, Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us. Thank you that you love us. Hallelujah. You're the risen Lord. You're alive. You are real. 
We just rejoice that you're alive and that you are speaking, you are declaring, you are moving, you are receiving glory through your people. Father, we rejoice that the earth is yours in the fullness thereof, Father. Help us to learn of you. Holy Spirit, just touch people on this broadcast tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You know, we've been talking about the glory of God. I just can't get off that subject, you know. Jesus said that he wanted us to be one with him, one with each other, as he was one with the Father. And that he sent glory. He said, the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings came upon us not only to preach good tidings the same spirit that was upon Jesus is the same spirit that dwelleth in you and you can declare the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel set at liberty the captives if you know people that are captive if you know people in bondage then you can speak The word of God. You can declare the word of God on their behalf. Speak words of freedom. Speak words of liberty into their lives. Maybe you're struggling with things in your life and you need some freedom. Begin to just speak words of liberty. Begin to make your confession and begin to line up what you're speaking out of your mouth with what God is speaking, with what God's word is declaring about your freedom, about your liberty. He says that the anointing will break the yoke. Destroy the yoke of bondage. So open your hearts. Let the Holy Spirit pour out on you. Just open your ears and listen to his call. Listen to his voice as he's calling his people. His Holy Spirit said, whosoever will. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every kindred of people, that we're to declare who God is. The knowledge of the Lord and the knowledge and the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's who we are. We're supposed to be carriers of his glory. We're supposed to be the the earthen vessels. He says, I have treasure in these earthen vessels. And we're those earthen vessels. Why does he say earthen vessels? Because we're just dirt mixed with the water of the Spirit of God. See, we're dirt breathed on. And he formed us, just like he formed Adam out of the dust of the earth. He says, hey, our righteousness is filthy rags. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can do all things because I strengthen you. That's what he says. So if you're a child of God, you can rest assured that the promises of God are yes and amen in him. If you're a child of God, you can know that God's not slack concerning his promises in your life, and he promises he's going to finish what he started in your life. He's going to finish what he started in your life. 
is just trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He shall direct your path. And you got to lean on him. You've got to lean on him. How do you lean on him? You press into him. How do you lean on somebody? You've got to press into him. How do you lean on somebody? You've got to press into them. If you're not pressed into them, how can you be leaning? So I want you to get an image of God wrapping his loving arms around you and you wrapping your arms around him. And as the Father is covering you, as the Father is hugging you, and embracing you. Realize that he's covering you. He wants to cover you. He wants you to lean on him. He wants you to be fully dependent on him. He wants to be your source. But he wants you to acknowledge him. Why? Because he won't share his glory with anybody. So allow the spirit that's in you. To cry, Abba, Father, allow the spirit that's within you to trust your Jehovah Jireh, the provider. To trust your Father God. He says he's a good father and he gives good gifts to his children. And he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if you're seeking first his kingdom, guess what? All these things will be added unto you. So you've got to seek his kingdom. You've got to put him first. You've got to put him first. You've got to put him first. He says, I want the first fruit, not just of your tithe and offering, but of your heart. To see where your treasure is, there your heart is also. See what he knows. Once you get your heart, it, the treasure comes along with it. Once, once you get the heart, you get the hands. The feet follow where the heart leads. And God knows that. That's why it says, honor me with all your heart. What was the first thing he said to honor him with? All your heart. First fruits. All your soul. Give him your mind. Give him your will. Not my will, but your will to be done. Give him your emotions. Father, why is my soul cast down? Put your hope in God. Let your emotions put their hope in God. Don't put your emotions, let them put their, their hope in Activities and expectations And all these things you put on the world Or you put them on people You put them on yourself And then when you don't meet them All of a sudden you get downcast But if you put your hope in God If you put your hope in God God says He who keeps his mind on me He who keeps his mind on me I'll keep him in perfect peace Think about that. He who keeps his mind on me, I'll keep him in peace. You want to know why you got anxiety in your life? Because you're not keeping your mind on God. You want to know why I get anxieties in my life? It's those times I'm not looking to the Father about my present situation. See, he says, God says we live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth, but if you're not hearing the words that are proceeding out of his mouth, you're not living. 
So realize, you must hear from the Father. You must So I'm having problems with my chat room tonight So I apologize uh, The last couple of days Can't get my chat room to open So you'll just have to bear with me If you're in the chat room Hey just stick with us You know Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Let's stop right there for a minute. Let's 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 just hover. Can we just hover for a minute and kind of hang out around that scripture? You know, a lot of times we encounter things in life that bring a heaviness, bring us out of peace, bring us into a stretching season where our emotions go up and down like a roller coaster or we go through the typical weight of the world, the cares of the world. There's a reason Jesus said the cares of the world choke out the word within you. He knew what was in people, even his own people, even as Christians. He said the cares of the world will choke out the word within you. That's why we have to be careful. That's why we have to let that seed get into the fallow ground. We have to get that word inside of our hearts. We have to let it go deep so that it can root. But Jesus says, see, he knew what was inside of a person. He knew that even his word if it wasn't deposited in our hearts, if it wasn't received, see, remember the story about the two men that built their house? Let me tell you about house building. Some of you listening tonight are thinking about house building. And let me tell you about house building. Jesus said there's two men that built a house. It was basically pretty much the same house. One was built on a rock foundation. It was said that there was a storm that came. A storm came along, and the winds and the, the waters, the winds and the waves were fierce and great. It beat against the structure, beat against the foundation. And it stood and it withstand the storm. When everything settled, it was still standing. That was the man that heard the word of God and he obeyed it. He followed it. He ran after it. He, he adhered to it. He did it. There was another man that built his house on sand. Now, it was relatively a great house, but it had no foundation. There was no foundation. And the winds and the waves came and the storms of life began to beat and the pressures of circumstance and everyday life. Sound familiar? See, the Bible says we're hard-pressed on every side. 
The enemy knows how to press us. The enemy knows how to press us. See, we can be hard pressed on every side, but not cast down. Cast down, but not destroyed. We can be knocked down, but we don't have to be knocked out in the fight. And sometimes the world tries to beat you up. Just the everyday stuff of life tries to beat you up. And Jesus knew this. That's why he said, don't let the cares of the world, just just the everyday cares. So here this man was with his house on sand. And the winds and the waves began to beat on it. Just began to kick it around. And it says, great was the fall of it. Devastating. Listen, you've got to get your mind in the Word. You've got to get the Word in your mind. Hide the Word of God in your heart so you don't sin against them. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to. It's imperative. Look, how can you live? God already said you don't live by bread alone. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, every word, which means you've got to keep your ear sensitive. You've got to train your ear. You've got to be trained so you can reign. See, the Bible says as a Christian, you're seated with Christ, high, above, in heavenly places. Seated. Positioned. See, if you're seated with Christ, that's a place of honor. If you're seated with Christ, that's a place of authority. If you're seated with Christ, that's a place of ruling and reigning, subduing and dominion, power and authority. Jesus said, All power is given to unto me, and nothing by any means shall hurt you, and I give you that power to tread upon the serpents and the scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Now, why would Jesus say that? I don't think he's a liar. Hey, he's coming. His kingdom is coming to earth. He's not a liar. He's coming back. But before he comes back in the in the flesh, before he comes back in all his glory, he was going to come back inside of me and you. He's going to come back inside of every person that names the name of Jesus. His Holy Spirit is going to come back and manifest the life of Christ through his church, through his body, through his believers, through his people. So if you're one of his people, if you're one of his children, get ready. And I'm not trying to borrow that from T.D. Jakes. Hey, T.D. Jakes borrowed it from Jesus. He said, be instant, in season and out of season. Be ready. Be prepared. T.D. Jakes got that from Jesus. But he's right. Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> hey. He's good. He's a good God. And he's worthy of our praise. And so get your heart ready. Get your mind ready. Prepare. Why does he say set your mind on things above and not on the things below? Because they defile you. The things of the flesh can defile you. The things of the flesh can defile me. 
the things of the flesh. He says, walk in the spirit and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says in Romans 8, verse 1, there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Why would he why would he say that? Because if you if you live above reproach, if you don't sin against God, then you never feel condemned. If you don't sin against Jesus, you got nothing to feel bad about. So he who walks in the spirit and doesn't walk in the flesh will not have condemnation in Christ Jesus. Because he's not sinning against Christ Jesus. And why is that not a revelation to people when they read that? They turn it into this other thing. So that they can feel good about their sin. Think about that. I've got to think about it, so I want everybody else to think about it for a minute. Praise God. Let's get let's have real talk. Can we have real talk? We should have named this show Real Talk, but I think like about twenty thousand other people named their shows that so I guess we stuck with face to face or intimate in the word, depending on which if it's a weekend show or a weekday show. But praise God. Hey, this is Prayer International Radio. If you're just tuning in, call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. Hey, we're we're declaring the word of God. Mainly because God told us to, and also because we love to. So, hey, check out our website, www.prayerinternational.org. Email us. Give us some comments. Give us some feedback. Let us know if if you like this. Let us know if you agree with it, disagree with it. Praying for us, cursing us, whatever you want to do. Just give us some feedback, prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're praying for you. Praise God. Let's go into a time. We're gonna just have a little time with Jesus. Oh, let's let's just wake up to some love here. What do you think of that?
praise God, just waking up with the love of God. You know, the Bible says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You know, there's something about the way God wakens our hearts, wakens us up. He shakes things in our lives that can't be shaken, just like his word says. And that which cannot be shaken will remain. And, you know, the Bible says the only thing that will remain, the only thing that can't be shaken, the only thing that lasts forever and stands forever is the word of the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to define your life for the rest of your life is the word of the Lord. See, whose report do you choose to believe? Whose word over your life are you listening to? Who are you letting define your life and dictate who and how you see yourself and how you see others? Are you listening to God's opinion of you? Are you listening to others' opinion of you or your own opinion of yourself? Are you listening to God's opinion of those around you, family, friends, acquaintances, enemies? Or are you listening to your own opinion or the enemy's opinion? See, it's important. Because, see, God says, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of the stranger they will not follow. But he never said you'd not hear the voice of the stranger, which means there are voices out there that are sent to derail, distract, and detour our lives. See, they can derail us and send us on a different course. Just like a train that gets derailed, it only takes a little debris on the track to derail a train. And it only takes a little, see, Jesus said a little leaven leavens a whole lot, talking about sin. Just a little debris on the track can derail the whole train. And so it's important. He says, you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. And you wash yourself with the water of the word. You renew your mind. You wash. You know, brainwashing isn't really such a bad thing. Think about it. It's funny how people always say, oh, you're brainwashed. Well, praise God you're brainwashed. That's that's the goal. Cleanse your mind with the washing of the water of the word. Cleanse your heart as you hide it in there. That's what it's for. That's why he gave us his word. There's a reason he sent us. He sends his word, he will hasten his word to perform it. And it will accomplish whatever it sets out, whatever it was purposed to do. God's word will fulfill what he declares that it will fulfill. And see, just like in Psalm chapter 2, verse 8, when David says, I will declare and decree what the Lord would say unto me. You need to begin to declare and decree. What the Lord would say unto you. See, we're declaring other things. We're making decrees and vows and promises that have nothing to do with God. And you know what the fruit of it is? Well, it's not life and peace, I can tell you that. But see, the kingdom of God, the fruit of the Spirit is life and peace. The fruit of the Spirit, you see, you reap what you sow. The Bible says God is not mocked. God won't be mocked. A man reap what he sows. But we're not talking about just tithes and offerings, although get that straight too. Get your giving straight. 
It's your gifting site. Get it all straight. Praise God. See, the Bible says God has made straight paths for your feet to walk in. Paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not for your sake necessarily, although God loves you and he wants to care for you and he cares for you, but it's for his name's sake. It's for his glory. Because he chooses to get glory out of me. He chooses to get glory out of you. He chooses. He chooses you. He says, many are called, but few are chosen. As he's calling you, and you respond to his call, you become one of the chosen ones. And he says, I chose you before the foundations of the world. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And I ordained you. And then he declared whatever he declared to be that man or that woman of God. That man or woman of excellence. That man or woman of integrity. That man or woman of character. That man or woman of authority and favor and honor. And that you would walk in the glory of God. That's what God desires for you if you're a child of God and you're in the beloved. You're in the spirit of the living God. God desires the blessing of the Lord. Think about this. Make it rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. See, prosperity is not necessarily having tons of money, although it can be. But it's having enough of money and having enough resources to do what God tells you and calls you to do. And that's what we want. We want to have enough and begin to live out of the overflow. Hey, God says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory, according to his riches and glory, it's not according to ours. The way God supplies and and takes care of his people, it's not the way you're going to figure it out in your brain. You can't fathom the riches and the richness of his love, and he's loving and he gives good gifts, so that means he's a giver. And he gives above and beyond what you could ever imagine or think. Which means that his ways are above your ways and his thoughts are above your thoughts. No matter how much cool stuff you can put in your finite mind, it doesn't compare to the unfathomable riches, the amazing wonders of God. And what's in his mind for you. And what he declares and defines over your life. So you may see yourself and, and see your struggles and see your failures and see your shortcomings and, and other people may see that too and I may see those things about myself for other people at times. You know what? God is constantly seeing your potential and he's seeing your future and your hope. He says, I know the plans I have for you to give you hope in the future, to give you an expected end. Some versions of the Bible say an expected end not just a hope in the future. 
It actually says an expected end. That's the way some versions say it, which means your end is already determined and it's expected to be prosperous, blessed, excellent, the head and not the tail, because God calls you to be a conqueror more than a conqueror. He calls you to be first and not last, because if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he'll lift you up. And if you're a king's kid, guess what? Then you should walk and act and think like a king's kid. But on the flip side, you should walk with the brokenness and the humility in your life. That any good thing or any excellent thing, any amazing, wonderful thing that ever happens to you or through you, you give all the glory and honor to God. Knowing that apart from him, I can do nothing. But with him, I can do all things. And that gives glory and honor to God. And that is what God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, how are you going to keep them if you're not listening to what he's commanding you to do? And how are you going to listen if you're not turning your ear in that place of prayer in the secret place, tuning your spirit to learn how to hear from God throughout your day? You see, he says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Which means he wants you to hear him today. He wants you to hear him today. He's got something to say to you today. Get with him in the place of prayer and listen. Meditate on his word. He wants to speak to your heart today. He's just waiting for you to turn your ear. He says, go into your secret closet. Go into the secret place and shut the door. And your father that sees you in secret will reward you openly. Well, what is the reward? Those that diligently seek him. And how can you seek him if you're not in a secret place? So honor God in prayer. Call unto him and he will answer you. He will show you. He's not a liar. He will show you great and mighty things, things you don't have a clue about. Lest they be shown to you by God. See, that's revelation. Revelation is not something you learn. It's something that's revealed. The gift of prophecy isn't the gift of guessing. It's a gift of knowing. And that's why we have to be sensitive and make sure whose voice we listen to as the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. Develop an ability to hear him. Weed out all the things in your life. See, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy was set before him. He says, lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets you. Lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets you. Which means there's things out there that will, like I said before, derail, distract, and detour your life. They'll easily beset you. So, don't let them beset you. Don't let them distract you. See, distractions, that's why you look unto Jesus and you don't look to the left or the right, just like the Old Testament tells you. Don't look to the right or the left. 
and stay focused and meditate on the Lord. And you don't let them derail you like we were talking about earlier. And you don't let them detour you. Because, see, when you detour, just like Moses who wandered around the desert for 40 years, it was the hardness of heart and their inability to hear God. Because, see, the book of Hebrews says, don't harden your heart like your fathers did in the wilderness. But today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart like your fathers did in the wilderness. Because why? It'll detour you. It'll send you in the wilderness for 40 years. Not listening to God. So hallelujah. God's so good. He is. He really is. We're just thankful to have God. We're just thankful to have the Holy Spirit. Praise Jesus. Hey, we got the chat room open. It looks like we got guest, prophet, uh, somebody banks, prophet. I don't even know what that is yet. East banks. <laughs> and uh, wheat country. Praise God. God bless everybody. And I got some people listening in on the uh, phone and people listening in through the website. We just want to pray for you tonight. However you're listening in, however you're getting this broadcast, we want to pray for you tonight. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd open our eyes, Lord, so that we could see. Show us your glory, Father. Unveil your love. Unveil the mysteries of your kingdom. You said the secrets of the Lord are with those that fear him. So give us your wisdom. Cause us to fear you. Cause us to honor you and revere you and worship you for who you are. Lord, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person listening tonight, that you would, Father, open up their hearts, give them hearing hearts. Everybody put your hand on your heart and ask God tonight, Father, give me a hearing heart. Soften my heart. Guard my heart so that I don't harden my heart. So that I can hear your voice and I can fulfill your plans and have my expected end. You know, God has a blessed future. In Jesus' name, amen. God has a blessed future. And if you'll get with him, he'll share those plans. Twice as trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And he shall direct your paths. If you need direction, if you need direction, guess what? Go to the one that can direct you and direct your paths. He's already carved them out for you. And I heard uh, this that in loneliness, it's not an absence of affection, but it's an absence of direction. Sometimes we hit these places where we get stuck in a rut and we just kind of freeze up because we have an absence of direction, an absence of destiny and purpose in our lives for a season. Sometimes we go through seasons of insignificance and God uses that very thing to break us down to prepare us for the next season of glory, the next season of blessing, the next season of excellence. See, remember, seasons change. 
So don't judge your, your season you're going through right now. Remember, it's going to change. So praise God. Father, help us get through the seasons of our lives. We just give you glory and honor and praise. Help us get through the seasons of our lives. And lead us, Lord, those that are going through times of trouble. Rescue them, Father. You're an ever-present help in time of need, which means, Father, you're there. You're present. You're among them. You're among us, your people, and those that are seeking your heart, those that are crying out to you, those that are reaching for you in humility, willing to lay down their pride and trust you with their lives. Father, touch every person tonight. Breathe your Holy Spirit upon their hearts. Fill their souls, Lord. Blow the dust out with the wind of your spirit. Fine-tune their hearts so they don't miss a single word you have to say to them. Speak to us, Father. Give us hearts to hear and give us swift obedience. Swift obedience. You said if we'd be willing and obedient, we would eat the good of the land. So help us to be willing. Help us to be obedient. Thank you, Lord. We just ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. God is good. God is good. Hey, let's... uh, Break for a song. This is Prayer International Radio. We're pretty much wrapping it up, so I think we're going to close out with some worship. We're going to go in praising God, and we're going to go out praising God. Praise God. <laughs> Prayer International Radio, my name is Chris Herzog. We're wrapping it up tonight. Hopefully, Sean Holmberg will be hosting tomorrow again. Um, I may take the night off. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what happens when tomorrow gets here. But tune in tomorrow night from 10 to 12. We'll be worshiping, praising, and giving God glory and uh, declaring the word. Have a good night. Huh? Have a good night. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Days will come when you don't have the strength When all you hear is you're not worth anything Wondering if you ever could be loved And if they truly saw your heart they'd see too much You're beautiful Beautiful